0: Christie Podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas.
1: Talking. I thought well, maybe someone on the cell phone that looks like Ashley. Wait well, it's Juan. It is Ashley. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyhow, I would ask if you will turn your copy of God's Word to the Book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 19 through 30 is where we're going to be. Just want to let you know about uh, we're going to do something. In fact, I was planning on doing this after we finished Acts, but I can't wait. Um, God's just really impressed this series upon my heart and mind. Uh, we're we're getting to a part in Acts where where there's a there's a movement from from uh, the life of Peter to the life of Paul. And so uh, what we're going to do is after we finish the first half of the book, which you will be here in a couple of weeks, we're going to finish the first half. We're going to take a little bit of a break from the book of Acts for a little while. Uh, God has laid a, a series on my heart and mind, and I can't get it off, and, and it seems like the more I go along, the, the the more God impresses upon my heart and mind to do this series. We're going to take a break from Acts here in a couple of Sundays to have a new series on heaven. And uh, we're going to talk about heaven, our eternal home is what we're going to name it. And so uh, if you have any questions pertaining to heaven... Uh, we've I, I already put this online and we've had received a lot of questions already, a lot of great questions. Uh, for that matter. Uh, but if you have any questions that you've had about heaven that you would like to be included in this series, be sure to let me know and I'll do some investigating on it. Uh, I have it set for a 12 week series, but you know what? We'll go with just as long as the Lord wants us to go with this series. And so uh, the goal is 12 weeks, but if we want to go longer than that, we'll just do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do on that matter. But we're going to take uh, here in a couple of weeks. We're going to take a break from Acts. We're going to go into looking at this, looking at heaven. And so after we finish that series, we'll come back to Acts and finish up the remainder of the book as we look at Paul's ministry. But just kind of give you a game plan of where we're going. And I'm really looking forward to this series coming up on heaven. So if you do have any questions, you know, you can... Tell me today, or you can call me, you can email me, whatever you want to do. Uh, you, you know where to reach me, but let me know if you have any questions about heaven and we'll have that included in part of our series. Uh, Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 30, as we're starting a new year, we want to take a look today at the church's new year. There's a transition that's taking place in the book of Acts. And uh, Peter has been front and center, uh, you know, as one of the primary apostles that Jesus called and now we see the church is growing, the church is moving in the new areas, and we see some new ministers coming to the scene. We see some new movements happening. So we want to take a look at the church's new year, and we invite everyone who can and is able to please join us uh, in honor of the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through uh, the end of the chapter, and we do encourage you to please stand at this time uh, as we pay homage to the reading of God's word. Now last week, remember, uh, Peter was defending God's grace. He'd, become, he'd come under uh, some accusations by those who, 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 were, who were angered by the fact that he didn't require circumcision for those who had entered the church. The grace of God was now open to anyone who would receive the salvation freely offered to them. And so Peter came under some accusations. So now we pick up the story here in verse 19, and we see that uh, the, the, the picture is moving from Peter to Paul and to Barnabas and some of these other apostles. And verse 19 says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen. Now this takes us back several chapters when we were talking about the persecution, the the execution even, of Stephen, who was one of the first deacons, uh, who was killed because of his faith in Christ. Now, those who were scattered at the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveling as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, the gospel had reached into far distant lands, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. It started first to the Jews only, and then also to the Gentile. Okay, and so... um, Uh, who, who had come to... see Let me go back to... Where, okay, verse 20. I lost my place. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists. This is, these are Greek-speaking individuals preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of the, these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all. That was the purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, talking about Barnabas, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, uh, Saul who was also known as Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed uh, by the Holy Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar." Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and what it means to us. We just ask, Lord, this morning that you would just use me as your instrument, allowing me to speak the words that need to be spoken, holding back any words that don't need to be spoken. And in through it all, Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears that we would hear, and our hearts that we will apply these truths and be better for it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. There's a radio show I enjoy listening to. Uh, Kirby Anderson, he is the host of the show, It's called Point of View. And he gave a statistic this past week that I found absolutely fascinating. You know, while we talk about uh, churches being in decline in the United States... Understand, Christianity is not dying. In fact, it's growing. It's one of the fastest-growing religions in the world Uh, because if you look at different parts of the world, it is growing like you would not believe. And Kirby Anderson said this past week that Christianity is growing in areas that you would least expect. He said, according to recent statistics, that there is a place that Christianity is growing the fastest, and it's a place that will blow your mind. Do you know where it is? Iran. Believe it or not, Iran, people are coming to faith in droves. Some of them are having visions of Christ... But people are coming in droves to the gospel. And that's part of the reason, perhaps, that some of the things you hear about going on in Iran is going on the way it is because people are wanting religious freedom. They're wanting the freedom to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus without having to worry about being executed in the next street over. But Iran, China is another nation where Christianity is growing. If statistics hold, they say that by the year 2020-2030, China may have the most Christian population of any nation in the world. Can you believe that? God is moving. Understand, just because we see declines in Europe and North America doesn't mean there are declines all over the world. In fact, Christianity is growing so intensely that some nations are scared by, the fact, by that fact because the population is turning to Christ in such massive numbers. You see, as the church, as the years move on, the Holy Spirit continues to seek and to save the lost. Amen? And a lot of times, he may go into places that you least expect to make a difference, to make a transformation in in even nations by the message of the gospel. Now, understand this. As we face a new year in 2018, there are distinct challenges we have. But understand, I truly believe... That the church, the true church, will always exist to the time of Christ. And there will always be a church. No, we may not be in the majority in many nations. But understand Christianity began as being in the minority. Amen? We began being in the minority. But understand this. God brings, as we face new challenges, God helps us meet those new challenges. and, And in fact, reaches people we least expect in the years ahead. I think we see that this church's new year, as we find in Acts chapter 11, consists of three things it consists of new membership, it consists of new ministers, and it consists of new ministries. And that's what we're going to focus upon this morning as we look at this church's new year, as we see this moving in Acts chapter 11, verse 19. And by the way, I didn't plan this. This is by the grace of God. I didn't plan this being a New Year's Day message. I didn't plan this. That's just the way the Lord works, amen? That He just puts us in the right places at the right time, the right messages, at the right points in time, and it's amazing how God works on that matter. But let's first take a look at the church's new year as it consisted of new membership. Now we see that this church grew out of Israel. It started uh, obviously in Judea where Jesus ministered. In fact, he spent more time in the country than he did in the urban city. Did you know that? He spent a lot of time around the Sea of Galilee um, around that, that period, around the Caesar. Uh, Capernaum, that was mainly the headquarters, you could say, of the church as it started off. Uh, He spent a lot of time there, moved to Jerusalem, was crucified, died, buried, resurrected, ascended into heaven in Jerusalem. So it started there in Israel. But this gospel message started moving out into areas that the church never expected, the church never anticipated. It moved into Phoenicia. Now, Phoenicia was like the Las Vegas of ancient times. And I'm sure there were many people saying, Lord... You're saving people in Phoenicia. I mean, that's a coastal town. I mean, this is a place where all those sailors go. We have any guys in the Navy today? We got one. We got any more? You got to watch those. I got two. You got to watch those Navy guys now. <laughs> but no, all kidding aside, I can say that my grandpa was a Navy man too. But, uh, you, know, you know, it was a coastal town. The sailors went there. You know, they, they came there. There was a lot of ships built there. Uh, this was a coastal town. And I'm sure there were many people saying... God, you're going to Phoenicia to save people? I mean, again, this was like the Las Vegas of the ancient times. And people were being saved in droves in Phoenicia. People were being saved in droves in Cyprus, an island country. In Antioch, people were coming to the Lord. In fact, Antioch, the church grew so large there in Antioch, it became one of the five large Christian cities in ancient times. Jerusalem was one, Rome was another, Uh, we see Antioch was the third, Alexandria in Egypt was another, and Ephesus in Asia Minor. Those were the five big cities of Christianity. And in fact, it was in Antioch, this very Antioch, where Matthew wrote his gospel. The gospel of Matthew was written in this town, we see. And so this became a large area. Now understand this, the population of this city may have been as many as 300,000 people. Uh, There was a lot of wealth in this city, and people came to Christ in droves. Was it a mistake? Absolutely not. Because God had a purpose. He had a purpose for Antioch. He had a purpose for the church. The church was not just to stay in the small confines of Israel. The gospel message was to go out into every part of the world to the uttermost parts of the world, we see, and uh, we see that the church would meet new challenges as they were facing new people, and they and God had to push them out of their comfort zone to talk to people that they may not know what to say, to go to areas that they knew very little about, but to do this to see souls saved for the gospel of Christ. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just a boring old person. And I get panicky. I, you know, I'm used to things being the way they are you know, day in and day out. And I'll be honest with you, I get a little panicky if I have to drive to Charlotte or Atlanta or somewhere like that because there's so much traffic and people drive so crazy anymore. Can I get an amen? You know, even going to Lynchburg. Now, Lynchburg's nothing like, you know, nothing's like the size of Charlotte. But I only been there once for graduation. I'm thinking I drove up there for, you know, a course and everything. I'm thinking, where is everything? And I wanted to know. And I also had heard that they're very aggressive about towing. So I was wanting to make sure that I was in the right spot at the right place. And I, I drove everybody crazy saying, "Now I'm not going to get towed if I park here, am I?" I probably drove everybody crazy up there. I get a little panicky when traveling to new areas. But understand this, God may move us out of our comfort zone to see new people come to faith, to see new people come in the church. And, beloved, we need to welcome that. We need to welcome that. You know, a lot of times, and again, me being this this, this mindset, you know, we come in and we we have a pew we're comfortable with, and we designate, that's our pew, you know. Anybody done that before? Okay, be honest with me, that's my pew. And if somebody sits in your pew, it might... Ruffle your feathers a little bit. That's my pew. What are they doing sitting in my pew? But you know what, beloved? We've got to get past that. We really do. We need to be welcoming individuals into the church from wherever they may be, no matter their past history, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've seen, because God has a purpose, and His purpose is to save souls to the glory of God. Amen? Because just think about this. What if that person who shared the gospel with you said, I don't want to waste my time talking to that person? Would you have ever known about Jesus? Would you have ever known about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. Thank God for individuals who took the time to share the message of Christ with us. And we, in like turn, need to be sharing the message of the gospel with other individuals. Despite the bad things that may happen, such as Stephen's death, God can use even the bad things that happen to bring something great. So don't let the past hurts you know, let's be honest, sometimes people get hurt in church. Amen? People get hurt in church. <coughs> and you know why? Because even though we're saved by the grace of God, we're still sinners. Amen? And I'm the chief of them. I'll be the honest with you. Uh, There's none of us that are perfect, and we have mindsets, we have opinions, and sometimes we put those opinions at the level of the gospel. We've got to separate those things, amen? The gospel's the gospel, let our opinions be opinions. And so we get hurt in churches, and there's uh, there's always this thing that happens a lot of times. And I was there, folks, I'm speaking from experience. I was hurt in church, and I said, well, I'm done with it, I'm not going back. But you know what? We are God's people. And we better learn how to get along on this side because we're going to be spending a long time with one another on the other side. Amen? So we need to learn how to get along with one another. But the fact is, is that God may have us speak with individuals and have us go to different areas. It may move us out of our comfort zone. But God didn't save you to keep you comfortable. God saved you to use you for His glory. Amen? God saved Can I get an Amen. God saved you to use you for His glory. Never think that somebody. Let me just say also here: never think that somebody is beyond the reach of God. God may just surprise you. So if you have someone in your life, maybe someone's in your mind right now, and you're praying for that individual, don't give up on that person, because God can still reach their heart. He can still reach their lives, and He can make a transformation in their soul. And I honestly believe, in my heart of hearts, that some of today's atheists may be tomorrow's evangelists. We've seen it in times past, and we can see it again. Beloved, I think God has a purpose for us, and the church is not dead, and the church is very vibrant if we remain close to the Lord and if we stay close to the Holy Spirit. Number two, the church's new year consisted not only of new membership, but the church's new year consisted of new ministers. I would not be surprised... If God is calling someone in this congregation today to do something for His glory, in fact, I believe He's calling all of you to do something for His glory. I'm not just saying being in the preaching ministry or the pastoring ministry. I believe God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Amen? You don't have to be just a pastor to be a minister. In fact, if you're saved by the grace of God, you are a minister of God. And God has a purpose for you. But I don't know, God may be working in someone's life this morning. I don't even know why I'm even saying this. But God may be working in someone's life this morning to call you into the gospel ministry. Beloved, we need more individuals dedicated to the authority of God's Word who will preach the truth of God's Word and stand according to His authority, stand according to Him. Because we're losing that in many areas of our nation. There are many people who are today who don't hold to the authority of God's Word any longer, who don't say that it's inspired, infallible, and inerrant. And that's a crying shame. I'd be afraid to be in their shoes. I'd be afraid to be in their shoes come Judgment Day. Amen, Grady? I'd be afraid to be in their shoes come Judgment Day. But let's be honest. God is calling people to the ministry, and He's not stopped. The church, we see, was blessed by three new ministers to help with this ministry that was going on. We see Barnabas. Now, Barnabas may not be necessarily new. He's new to us in this story, even though we've seen him in Acts 4 and Acts 9. God was using him in new areas. But there's good evidence to suggest that Barnabas may have been one of the 70 ministers, one of the 70 individuals that Jesus himself chose. Remember when he sent him out two by two? 72, Barnabas may have been one of those individuals who were called out to go out like that. In fact, we know his name was Joseph of Cyprus. His nickname was Barnabas because he was such an encouraging person. And we see that in verse 24 that Barnabas was a good man who was full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Barnabas was a great man and he was being used in new areas to do new things for the glory of God. Beloved, we need more Barnabases today. We need more individuals who will be people of encouragement, who will pray for other individuals, who maybe start up prayer groups and stuff like that, who will start up praying for individuals, being an encouragement, being a light of encouragement. And I want to tell you today, there's so much negativity. You turn on the television, in a few moments' time, you'll be just depressed by most things you see on television anymore, especially if you turn on the news. Give it five minutes, and I guarantee you, will need a Prozac. <laughs> Amen. Five minutes of CNN and you'll need a Prozac and probably some other things. You know, uh, 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 you know any, any type of news station you watch. But, but the reality is we need more and more individuals who are encouragers, who will lift one another up and encourage one another. That's what Barnabas was. We see Saul of Tarsus who became Paul. Saul was an extremely well-educated Hellenistic Jew trained by one of the greatest teachers of the day and time outside of Jesus, that being Gamaliel. Saul had connections that no one else had. He was a Roman citizen, so he could get in places that no one else could. Praise God for individuals who have the inside track, amen? Praise God for individuals who have the connections. Saul was one of those individuals. And you also see this guy named Agabus. Agabus was a Jewish prophet who came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Uh, He was known for two prophecies. Uh, which later he would give a prophecy in chapter 21, and he gave a prophecy here saying that there would be a great famine. And in fact, he was so accurate that there was a huge famine that took place around 46 to 47 AD. So this is probably around 44, 45 AD that this is taking place. But Agabus is used by God. Saul is used by God. Barnabas is used by God. And praise God, God still calls individuals for his glory and for his honor. And I want to tell you today, beloved, a lot of times what we, you know, we, have, we make a mistake in church ministry where we try to compete against one another in church. But I want to tell you something. God has a specific person, purpose for you. That you can do things that no one else can do. Did you realize there are people you can reach for God's glory that I can't? Some people won't talk to a preacher. <laughs> Amen. Some people won't talk to a preacher. But it may be that you have access talking to people that wouldn't speak to me because of my position. Understand, we all have a purpose at God's table. And understand, Peter had gifts... He had gifts that Barnabas, Paul, and Agabus did not have. Paul had the education and access that Barnabas and Agabus didn't have. Barnabas had the education from Jesus, the tradition, the outlook and the means that Paul and Agabus didn't have. And Agabus had the insight and skills that neither Paul or Barnabas had. All of us have skills and abilities that God has given us and we can bring that to the table, but we have to be willing to use them. A lot of times we're not willing to use the gifts that God has given us. Thomas Oden rightly says that the Christian life requires the simple surrender of the will to God. The will renewed through grace is empowered to yield that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In proportion, as God's will is done in one's life, one is walking in the way of holiness. In proportion, as one is able to truly say, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done." Are we truly open to the will of God in our lives? Ask yourself that question. A lot of times we'll say, well, God, I'll give you this part of my life, but I won't give you all of it. I'll I'll go up to this point, but past that, no, you know. God doesn't want a little chunk of you. He wants all of you, amen? And He wants all of our wills. And as I said before, I really truly believe that God may be calling someone in this church today to do something for His glory and for His honor. And I want to tell you, we as a church, I think not only as Huntsville Baptist Church, but the church united across the globe, we need to start working together, coming together in one mind and one accord, being united on the fundamentals. You know, there's a reason. I I was actually, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes, but I was pulling for Clemson in last week's game as they played Alabama, you know, the, the football game that went on. And you know, I got some thumbs up back there. But, you know, Clemson just didn't show up at all, amen? You know, they didn't show up at all. Alabama was playing like a team together. I mean, they were like a family. They were coming together. Clemson just couldn't get anything. It seemed like they were just fighting against themselves through that game. A house divided, we see the Bible says, cannot stand. We need to come together as a united body, not only in this church, but be willing to reach out beyond the scope, reach out to other Southern Baptist churches, and I would even dare say, <clears throat> can I say this? You ain't going to throw stones at me, are you? Go across to other denominations. Amen. I know some good Godly Methodists you know, Amen? Oh, some of them looking at you, my funny here. <laughs> I know some good godly individuals who aren't Southern Baptists. We need to reach beyond the scope of even that because we are united by the grace of Almighty God. Amen? We are a part of a global church. And God is calling us, calling new ministers, calling new individuals to do different tasks. And understand, He may be calling you to do something different this year. He may be calling you... To to do something beyond out of your comfort zone. He may be calling you to fill a position in the church. Go 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 talk to Burl. You know, they're always looking. Go find a deacon. I guarantee you want to serve, they'll find you a place to serve. Can I hear the deacon say amen? Amen. Oh, that was that was weak. Amen? Deacons. Amen. Amen. They can find you a place today. Understand God is calling you for something great in 2018. Last but certainly not least. The church's new year consisted of a new ministry. Barnabas had traveled to Tarsus to search out for Paul. And Paul had been ministering in his own hometown. Paul had a successful ministry, most likely, in Tarsus. But, but God was ready to move him to Antioch. And like we said here again, God may be calling you to do something different in 2018. God may be calling you to try out something new. To, to maybe help in a soup kitchen, to maybe teach a Sunday school class, to maybe to lead some type of group, a discipleship group or something like that. God may be calling you to do something special in 2018. Or God may even be calling somebody in here today to the gospel ministry. I don't know why I keep saying that, but I'm just going to leave it there. I know God's got a purpose behind it. But God may be calling you to do something great. Nevertheless, Paul came to Antioch. He didn't know what was going to happen there. And it was in Antioch we see that the believers were first called Christians. And verses 29 through 30 we see that this largely Hellenistic group in Antioch took seriously the prophecy of one of their own Agabus that he said they sent help to Jerusalem. And here's the great irony of all of this. Some of the individuals in Jerusalem were against some of these Gentiles becoming Christians and it was actually the Gentiles who were now sending help back to Jerusalem. You see, again, I say we're part of a united family in the body of Christ. We're we're part of a global family, which is the church. And God will grant us new ministries as we travel along in life. You know, I've spoken to to some of our law enforcement officers in the church, and they've said that a lot of times people, young children, will join gangs because they had a bad family life. And these gangs will will give them a, a hope of a family or something like that. But I want to tell you something. That family unity shouldn't be found in a gang. That family unity is found here in the body of Christ. Amen? Because I want to tell you, whether you came from a large family, you come from a small family, whether you come from a good home or you come from a bad home, I want to tell you, you're part of the greatest home of eternity if you become a born-again believer. Because you're part of the body of Christ. You have a family... Not just in your home, but you have a family here at this church. You have a family that even transcends this nation. You have a global family in the body of Christ. And we're going to have, as we talk about heaven, we're going to have family members waiting for us in eternity. Amen? Some of you, I know many of us have individuals who've long gone and they're in eternity with God. And we're going to see those individuals again one day. So what is God calling you to do? You're part of a family. You're part of the largest family of all time, the family of Christ. Maybe God wants you trying new things this year. But take time to pray. Take time to look for the new ways that that you could help uh, this, this year. And no matter what, always be willing to follow the will of the Lord in your life. Let me close with this. Talking about family, we're part of the largest family ever. We're part of the family of God. And I'm going to tell you that, that if we're willing, we can take people under our wings and, and find new friendships that we never, ever thought. Such, such was the case whenever I was down at Sunset Harbor. I was a 21-year-old pastoring a church, didn't know what I was doing, down at the First Baptist Church of Sunset Harbor down in the late 90s. And uh, there, was a, there was a family who took me under their wing, Craig and Mary Frances Howe. good godly couple. And they become my adopted grandparents. And, uh, and I think I even called them, uh, uh, Craig was, was known as grumpy. <laughs> Everybody called him grumpy, you know, because if he woke up from a nap, sometimes he might be a little grumpy. <laughs> he was a retired highway patrolman, and boy, he had some wonderful stories to tell. But I'm going to tell you that they took me under their wing, and, and I still think a lot of them today. I still think of them today, even today, as family. Uh, they're living down in Laurenburg, uh, North Carolina these days. But I'm going to tell you, as we think about this, we think about the church new year, we think about this family, you know, we have a unity together that no one else could have. And so be willing this year. My challenge for you as we make resolutions, my challenge for you this year is to maybe take someone under your wing. Maybe disciple someone. Maybe lead someone in the ways of the Lord. Uh, Think of the different ways that God may be calling you and wanting to use you in 2018. The only thing holding us back... From doing great things for the Lord is ourselves. It's our own doubts, it's our own insecurities, it's ourselves saying, Oh, I can't do that. I'm going to tell you what, I was as backwards as can be in high school. I never thought there's any way that I would ever be able to stand before a group of people giving a message or speech or anything like that. And God called me, I said, Lord, I can't do that. And he says, well, you can, you're going to. And so here I am, you know. So so never tell the Lord that you can't because he'll find a way to show you that you can. (laughs) Amen. So I don't know why God had us in this passage of Scripture today. I don't know, but maybe God is calling someone to do something. Maybe it's for the gospel ministry. Maybe it's for something else. Maybe it's to serve in an all-new capacity this upcoming year. I don't know what God is doing in your heart and your life, but I would just simply ask you here today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, for you just to take a few moments to focus before we depart and go our separate ways. For you just to think about what God may want you to do in this upcoming year. Never say that you can't. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. And if God's calling you to do something, he's going to equip you, he's going to help you, and he's going to bless your efforts. So, beloved, I don't know what God is wanting you to do this year. I don't know what God is necessarily even wanting us as a church to do. But I know that if we follow the will of the Lord, and we say, not my will, but thy will be done, he's going to bless us for it. And we're going to see great things happening this upcoming year. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, as we close in time of invitation and prepare to take the communion in just a few moments, as we we partake of the the bread and the juice, we would just ask, Lord, this morning that that you'd help all of us to look at our lives. A lot of us are making resolutions about what we want to do in the upcoming year. But, Lord, I would just ask, Lord, that you would just examine our lives. Examine our lives even now, Lord. And show us... What it is that you want us to do in 2018, Lord? I know you've got great things for each and every person in here today. I know you've got great things for this church. And Lord, I just want to simply ask for it through your Holy Spirit that you would help us to surrender our will, so that we can say, "Not my will, but thine." We'll give we you just ask that you to have, your of your way. Tonight.
0: views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of BellatorChristy.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christy Podcast is a production of BellatorChristy.com and is protected under Creative Commons Copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Kayla Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment.